0: pianist and saxophonist Chris Hopkins was born in the US but moved with his family to Germany while he was still a child. He studied classical music originally on harpsichord but switched to jazz when a friend enticed him in that direction and like many jazz musicians started gigging in his teens. Now in his mid-40s, Chris has gathered a stellar list of musical associations and maintains a busy touring schedule in Europe with his own band, Echoes of Swing, and with many of the top players on the scene today. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Chris arranged a two-piano tour for us across Germany recently. So while I had him in person, I grabbed the opportunity for the following conversation. Well, my father
1: was a very good classical musician, and he played the harpsichord. And uh, that's actually the music I grew up with, like Baroque music, Bach and Händel and all that and I started playing the harpsichord myself being about 5 or 6 years old and um when I was about 12 or 13 I started discovering jazz uh since my father had one jazz lp at home and I uh, listened to that and was just um uh, fascinated by the by the swing and the fun of this music and uh, the funny thing is uh, that I actually played jazz on the harpsichord uh, till I was about uh, 17 or 18 years old since we just did not have a piano at home.
0: Is there a jazz harpsichordist around that I don't know of? Well, I mean that's performing.
1: Not really, but there there have been some recordings for example of course uh there's uh, the uh, famous tracks uh, recorded by Johnny Guaneri with Artie Shaw's Grammar C5 um, but yeah that's, that's just a strange little thing which they tried to do it's probably not the instrument made uh, to play jazz on but uh, yeah that's, that's just how it happened with me
0: Johnny Guinari on harpsichord with Artie Shaw's Gramercy 5. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. I asked my guest, jazz pianist Chris Hopkins, if starting music on a harpsichord changed his approach to the piano.
1: I am not sure how or if it has changed my playing uh, or um, if it has influenced my playing. But of course, the whole touch is very different since with the harpsichord you don't have a pedal, so you you don't really have a sound that stays but uh with with the harpsichord the uh strings are just picked like with a uh with a, with a guitar pick uh so it just makes plink, and then the sound is gone. So um, that's, that's a very percussive sound, of course. Probably that forces you to, to play cleaner in a certain way and uh, to think rhythmically. And this was probably something uh, which really attracted me
0: My guest, Chris Hopkins, on Ellington's Swampy River. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. We're here on tour together in Germany, thanks yes, to you are. putting this together. It's great fun. And I hear, for my own ear, a classical influence on your playing. Separate from great technique, I hear a structural way of thinking. I want you to talk about that, what you feel from all those years of playing and really focusing on classical music before you got to jazz, really playing jazz. Do you think there's a big influence? Do you think the way you think or approach it is different, possibly?
1: That's that's hard to tell for me. Um, my classical playing was um, just, just like a training, I guess, and mm. uh, and helped me for my technique, and but what I remember is um, that I didn't uh, didn't like to read music very much, mm. and I um, even with the classical music I tried to learn the music by ear and really? just, just right from uh, the first. Yeah, and. That That's something which my teacher didn't like at all. <laughs> they never do. Because she wanted me to look at the music, but I didn't have to look at the music because, <laughs> because, because I knew what it was.
0: Uh, and um, Especially if your father, if you'd heard your father play it, yeah. then you knew.
1: And and what I really liked is, uh, well, once my, my piano teacher came with the little easy jazzy piece and i really like that and uh one more thing which is kind of interesting is um my father was was one of the few classical musicians um who could really improvise mm. so he, so he could uh, just like we play from a from a lead sheet or something like that, he could uh, uh, just fake his way through and uh, improvise in a classical way.
0: Like the originators? Yeah, of yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. So he would and stretch he plays, out on a yeah, Mozart tune yeah, or something. Um,
1: so he played a church organ also, and that's that's something which I, which I find um, Quite interesting, uh, the church organ players today they are the last people uh from the classical era who can really improvise so oh, I
0: didn't realize that yeah. church organists yeah, of improvise? Course, yeah now yes. why do they still improvise
1: well,' cause, uh the uh church organists have like a like a choir book, you know, and the stuff they play from. Uh, that's that's basically the same as the lead sheets we jazz players use. You know, and they
0: they flesh that out and yeah, make yeah, it more complete. Yeah. I never thought yeah. of that. That's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Well, of course, you mentioned organ, and I think that I've read that Fats Waller, one of our favorites, preferred organ to piano. I don't know if it's true, because I didn't know Fats, and unlike a lot of people, I don't believe everything I read, no. but I know he did those great duets with James P. Talk about that, because he loved playing organ.
1: Yeah, of course. Um- the organ uh, gives, gives you a lot more different uh, sounds than, than the piano. And probably Fats had the feeling he, he could uh, um, could express himself more and, and put more soul into the sound of the instrument.
0: Do you play organ as well? No. It's a whole other thing. Yeah. It is. Well, talk about Fats Waller. When's for, who introduced you to Fats Waller? Um,
1: This was a local musician, uh, one of my first uh, local influences, a very good musician who gave me uh, quite a few good recordings by um, uh, fantastic players, and he was a great Fats Waller fan, and he played some uh, stride piano himself, and uh, he, he gave me a tape, of fat stuff and I just loved it and I tried to find more and more of that and I think I have probably the, um, complete fats, uh, fats collection at home. Fats is just all about fun, you know, and just swinging and yeah, pure, pure joy, you know, and that's, uh, That's a feeling about this jazz music which I think really attracted me from the first moment on.
0: Also a huge fan of Teddy Wilson. Talk about that and your project with Dick Hyman, your tribute to yeah. Teddy, and sort of how that evolved for our listeners. I like to perk up people's ears on what was different from Fats to Teddy. Okay, and that whole aspect of that.
1: There's of course a direct line from Fats Waller uh, to to Teddy Wilson.
0: Fats Fats
1: was one of the first guys to use those. Uh, those beautiful sounding tenths in the left hand uh, making the piano sound like a full orchestra and um, um, Teddy took that from him that's um, that's that's what I believe at least and he he brought this kind of piano playing to to a new level and found his own style and he he brought like a certain kind of sophistication to jazz, and to me, he yeah, he's probably the first really sophisticated jazz jazz player. Like if you l- listen to his early solo work with Benny Carter, um, like 1934, and with the Goodman Trio, uh, yeah. So he his playing is really tasteful. And um, he added uh, a new sophisticated harmonic knowledge to jazz. And you can take basically any Teddy Wilson recording and, and um, you will find beautiful harmonies, little counterpoint things in the tenor voices and just really beautiful um, beautiful piano music
0: Denny Goodman with Teddy Wilson on piano on Opus 1 Half. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Here's Dick Hyman, who joins my guest, Chris Hopkins, on their tribute to Teddy Wilson on Blue Interlude. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Judy Carmichael and this is Jazz Inspired. Our show is made possible in part with generous support from Steinway and Sons and from East Hampton Indoor Tennis, eight indoor and 20 outdoor courts in a quiet, beautiful park-like setting. Visit ehit.ws for more information. For a schedule of upcoming programs, visit our website at jazzinspired.com. You can listen to podcasts of Jazz Inspired on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can email us at info at or visit us on Facebook and Twitter at Stride Queen. My guest is pianist Chris Hopkins. So Dick Hyman, you're a natural pairing in my... Humble opinion. Talk about this CD. And you've done a number of concerts with Dick as well. But talk about the CD in particular. That must have been a thrill.
1: It was great because Dick is just such a genius, and he just made things so so easy, you know. But, uh, yeah, we did uh, quite a few concerts together in uh, different settings with... um, um, different piano summits with Bernd Lotsky, Rossano, Spartiello, Louis Mazetier and these guys. It was great fun. And we had uh, several duo concerts and uh, before this tour we uh, thought about recording a CD together and we thought about which, which project would fit with both of us and we came up with this idea because... Uh, Both Dick Hyman and me uh, were were both great fans of uh, Teddy Wilson. Uh, Concerning Dick Hyman, of course, he goes back uh, to the 1950s because um, uh, Dick Hyman, when he was a young young guy, um, he won a a contest and he won uh, several piano lessons with Teddy Wilson. I know. That's Can you that's imagine? the nineteen fifties. Yeah. Like wow. You know, <laughs> and so he has a close a close connection and to Dick, um he says Teddy Wilson, that's that's like right in the center of his playing. Mm, a- mm. And he he uh, he very often goes back to that. That kind of style because mm. that's that's just the classic swing piano mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. so so we had that uh, that thing in common and uh, yeah so we did a, a CD together which is uh, called Teddy Wilson in four hands, which I believe uh, is the first album uh, where two pianists dedicate their music to Teddy Wilson. So we worked out uh, several interesting arrangements yeah. in the style of Teddy or tunes Teddy would have played, but we, we played them differently and stuff like that. And, uh, uh, for example, we we did uh, several pieces which were recorded by the Benny Goodman Trio and... Uh, We made arrangements for two keyboards and it was uh, really a fun project.
0: about Willie the Lion Smith, somebody who, to my ears, was so different yeah. from the other people we're yeah. talking about, really had his own thing. He
1: was really special, but um, that that's something to keep in mind in general. Uh, for me, this whole jazz music, it's not about playing stride piano or playing swing piano or, or playing bebop or some style. It's it's more about the individual personalities of all these players and we can uh, try to learn from each of these guys and and uh, first we copy things to learn how they work and then it's about uh, um, finding your own musical personality and... Uh for example, Willie the Lionsmith had a really strong uh strong musical personality and, and of course a strong personality. He was a, a, a um a very special guy. And he he created a style which which was so different from all of the other players because he had a a um a special romantic touch, he, which he he would add to the music, and he was really um, one of the first special piano music composers, also, because um, he he recorded mainly his his own music and wrote very pretty spring flavored pieces which were influenced um, yeah by uh, Chopin and um, people like that so he used sounds and harmonies which were new to the jazz world then so we're speaking about like the mid 1930s here where people would 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 yeah. usually play um, just straightforward jazz chords you know six chords um 7th ninth, and and he would add these these really beautiful chords which weren't used yet you know and, and 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 um he wrote beautiful pieces of of uh music which would have titles like morning air or you know th- these kind of things rippling waters That's music that's hard to describe, Uh, you just have to listen to it.
0: I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. You tour a lot here in Europe, and you've also played a lot in the States. And there's an ongoing conversation with professional musicians and also audience members on the difference in appreciation for art and music in the two different places. And you can really speak to that because you've experienced both. And our business is changing, of course, but I'd like you to just talk a little bit about the difference in audiences, audience appreciation, if there is a difference for you when you've been in the States. Do you think that people appreciate this music as much, that they care about the history of it? Just talk a little bit about that, your experience in both places.
1: Um... Well, in in Europe, of course, we have a long tradition for the arts and for music, which goes way back uh, several hundreds of years. You know, to the to the times of Beethoven and Mozart and Bach and all that. So uh, that's that's a continuing music tradition, which is deeply rooted in uh, uh, society here, which is a great thing, and. So what I'd say is people in general probably have a certain respect for the arts and for music here, and they are generally probably fairly open-minded, and music um, has its part in in, uh, education here uh people here in europe they're uh generally not so much um socialized with with jazz so you you have jazz people you know jazz fans and who know all about the music but there's there's many people here who would not not know the repertoire or n- not the names of the musicians or the um uh, jazz era but they would still go to a concert and uh, just appreciate the music, you know, and and uh, just uh, just go there completely open-minded because uh, there's good music going on. And here's here's an interesting story, uh, something which which really impressed me. Uh, several years back, I uh, stayed several days in Florida with Dick Hyman, and um uh, he brought Bernd Lotzky and myself to a trio concert of his. And, um, and he played in some community center. And what was really wonderful is before his concert, there was an older woman who played the piano and she sang uh, songs f- from the 1920s, 30s, and 40s. What really uh, impressed me is like several hundreds of people in the church started singing all these tunes with that old lady, and they knew all the words. So um, that that's something w- which I find important. Uh, that of course this this whole repertoire we're we're playing with the with the jazz people like to- tunes. Uh, songs from the Great American Songbook and stuff like that—that's really part uh, of the American culture, mm. and this kind of repertoire is not part of European culture. Mm. Um, that's um, that's that's a huge difference. That that's something which I've um, which I've noticed when I played those. Um, those US jazz parties if you'd have people who would be like between 60 and 90 years old or so they would know the songs you know from their youth right
2: I can't give you anything but love baby that's the only thing I've plenty of baby Dream a while, scheme a while You're sure to find happiness And I guess all those things you've always pined for G I'd like to see you looking swell Baby, diamond bracelets Woolworth doesn't sell Baby, till that lucky day you know darn well
0: something that'll make you happy is last night we played I Can't Give You Anything But Love and I stood rather than playing piano so I was facing the audience and you were playing saxophone and I don't know if you noticed but I was looking around because I could make eye contact and a number of people were mouthing the words with me and I thought yes but I know that's rare yeah but we're in Germany yeah and that was one tune that you thought that even this This that's, that's what population I thought, yeah. would know and yeah. you were right. It was yeah. so sweet. Yeah. But that's something we talk about. American jazz musicians talk about that and I've talked to two other people from other countries that that my parents' generation, that generation you're talking about, were listening to these songs which were very sophisticated. So even if they weren't musicians, it was going in their head. And they would be singing the tune and modulate to a different key just because that's what the recording did, not knowing what a modulation is. But it was in their head. And I think a lot about that, not just that they're missing that repertoire, but they're missing an exposure and knowledge of very sophisticated music, Mm. which is a shame too, which is great that people like you and your group, which you should talk about, are carrying on this tradition and introducing a lot of people to this music. And yeah. I was impressed talking to people after our concert how many people were interested in this music and how they could find out more about it. And I have a music book and had that music book and was and were using that with their students. So there is... A hunger, I think, if people are exposed to this, at least I hope so. Yeah, but course. talk about that, because you tour a lot with your group, not just as well, what a I, soloist.
1: What I think is and what I, I keep experiencing over and over again is uh, that, of course, many people have no idea what this music is all about, what what swinging jazz music is all about, sin- since they have um, no connection to it. Mm. Um, but once somebody um goes to a concert because maybe a friend takes him there or parents uh, bring him there, usually once people hear hear this music for the first time, they're um just as fascinated by it as you and me when uh, when we heard it for 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 the first time. I can think of very few people who, who would not have fun listening to this kind of jazz.
0: Mm. Well, talk about your group. You're very good at at promoting the fun of the experience because you have these cards that you've been passing out on our gigs, which I love that has you sitting on a donkey. That's not a normal thing in a jazz band, and I love that. But one glance... Add that card, and you Mm. know you're going to have fun. Plus, the name of your group is so clever. And talk about that. I just think it's great. Okay. And I've heard the group, so I know it's as good as the advertisement.
1: So the group's name is uh, The Echoes of Swing, which is a name, of course, we uh, kind of derived uh, from Willie the Lion's composition, The Echoes of Spring. That's um, that's, That's a play on this name. And well this group has existed since 20 years now and we've uh, been been playing 20 years with the, with the same four guys that's uh, and haven't killed each
0: other that's unusual
1: Well not yet <laughs> So that's that's something which is a uh, pretty unique I think in jazz history uh there's there's the modern jazz quartet I think w- which w- worked worked really long together with the, with the same four guys. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really special group since, um, yeah, we we kind of started out um, wanting to be like a hot 1930s swing group sounding like a Fats Waller band, this kind of stuff. And um, each of us, until then, kind of used to be the youngest player with with groups, you know. And uh, we found each other and we all, um, despite the fact that we came from different musical backgrounds, we all loved the same kind of swinging jazz. So uh, we played together for for the first time and it just felt good and we kept playing and uh, it's a quite an unusual lineup for a jazz group it's trumpet and alto saxophone and piano and drums and uh, so the whole bass part is covered by the left hand of the piano uh, with a little bass drum and the really interesting thing about this group is uh the development during the last twenty years. So, uh, without really planning this, we started to search for new new colors or new ways, what to do with the group, to to keep our concerts uh, surprising and interesting for ourselves and for the audience and and we kind of discovered that it wasn't enough just to play a swinging tune um um followed by a second swinging tune <laughs> um so we uh, started changing the mood you know and first it would be like a tune like the mooch by duke ellington you know with a with a special flavor and then we started to to find I- inspiration in the John Kirby group, the, uh, the, the John Kirby sextet, and we started, uh, started arranging tunes in that style. We started to write our own music and using these, these kind of ideas.
0: Chris, thank you for squeezing this time in here with our very busy tour. My pleasure. And thank you for having me here in Germany running around. My big pleasure. It's Was, been loads of fun.
1: It's been great fun playing with you.
0: Thank you. You've been listening to my conversation with pianist Chris Hopkins. I hope you'll join me here next time when I talk with another celebrated creative person about how jazz has inspired their life and work. I'm Judy Carmichael, the host and producer of Jazz Inspired. My production engineers are J.D. Allen and Curtis Heidoff. You can download podcasts of Jazz Inspired from iTunes or at TalkShoe.com. Our opening music was our mail special, and the mid-break music is a smooth one, from my CD, High on Fats and Other Stuff. The closing music is Old Fashioned Love from my CD, Trio. I'm on piano with my Cashamon sax and Chris Florey on guitar. Judy Carmichael's Jazz Inspired is made possible with generous support from our listeners and from Steinway and & Sons and from Sag Harbor Florist. Visit sagharborflorist.net. For a schedule of upcoming programs, to sign up for our email newsletter, or to find out how you can personally support Jazz Inspired, visit our website at jazzinspired.com. You can email us at info at or visit us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at stridequeen. Additional support is provided by Jazz Times Magazine, providing entertaining and provocative coverage of the jazz scene since 1970. On the web at jazztimes.com. Jazz Inspired is also sponsored in part by Page at 63 Main in Sag Harbor, New York, serving organic microgreens and vegetables grown on their own energy-efficient indoor and outdoor aquaponic farms. Better taste, happier planet. Visit Page at 63 Main at opentable.com. And special thanks to Henry and Gilda Block and to the Ken Colker Foundation. For more information, visit jazzinspired.com or judycarmichael.com.